This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to a brand new episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday. It's the 13th of September, 2023. We've got new Apple toys. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, hello, Sean Priest. How are you today? Oh, I am emotionally <laughs> and physically spent, Stephen Scott. Oh, what a night. Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? It was okay, I suppose. Um, are you mad? It was amazing. <laughs> Was that amazing? Amazing. Okay, all right. Well, look, I'm I'm trying to reserve a level of excitement for the introduction and also for our guest. Michael Babcock is here, everybody. Michael Babcock. <laughs> this, this feels familiar. Amazing until you realize it really was underwhelming. <gasps> That's blasphemy, uh, sir. Get yeah, out. I know. I know. I have to say, for the next five minutes, can the Apple people just turn off? I don't think you want to hear this bit. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, it was an interesting event. So, of course, it happened. And for people, I, I, I like to think we're the show where people come to that don't follow these events as closely as we do. They sit, we sit down and watch these things. We, uh, well, I must admit, we had some work going on in the house yesterday because I'm still getting this studio built for the TV show. Starts tomorrow, by the way. Uh, we're going to be totally. Uh, it's going to be fine. You might. What I will say is the show is live, and if you spot a handyman somewhere in the background trying to, you know, hold up cabinets and fix things to walls, that may all be happening live on Access Tech Live on AMI TV tomorrow noon Eastern. I, I, you know, it might. You know, you might just see some of that. So uh, sponsored by IKEA. Sponsored maybe. by my handyman. <laughs> Great Don't guy. Don't forget to describe it. Yes. <laughs> Ah, it must be described. Uh, behind me right now, a um, <laughs> middle-aged gentleman uh, of a balding appearance appears to be struggling with a cabinet. <laughs> is that good? I should probably move now. That is going to fall on me. <laughs> oh, can you, imag- can you imagine if the set collapsed halfway through the Tune show? In. You'll never know. It's live. You know, they want viral clips for the show, right? Because everyone's obsessed with social media. So, you know, we have to, you know, get some viral clips. That'll be it. It'll be me getting hit in the face with a cabinet. It's funny because it's like one of those box cabinets you get that goes on the wall. And if it fell, it would actually land on my head like a hat. Oh, that would be so cool. That'll be the next TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, let's talk about the Apple event. So it happened yesterday, and we got new iPhones. We got new uh, Apple Watches as well. And I say watches because a couple of different types came out, and uh, also a lot of talk about the environment. Lots of talk about the environment. Why are you saying it like that, Stephen well, Scott? you know, we've got to save the Don't planet, Sean. dismissive. Yes, no, we no, do. save the planet. Stephen's- yes, it's we dying. do. i got to say, actually, I thought that was a hit. That little skit with uh, with Mother Nature. Actually, that was quite funny. That was well done. I do love a good Mother Nature skit. My mind said, ah, oh, that's why they got Apple TV Plus, so they could get people to come and do this skit. Exactly. Going all SNL over there, which is uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so let's dive right in. Uh, Michael, uh, first impressions, because we're talking iPhones, we're talking Apple Watches. What stood out for you, if anything? Um, 
that the rumor mill was almost spot on this year. And mm. that, I think, is why it was so anticlimactic. And I was surprised that they released the old, uh, the Apple Watch Ultra 2. I figured we'd wait till next year, but nope, that came out too. And it did not have the uh, LiDAR or radar sensors, and it's just a boring old Apple Watch <gasps> that kind of looks the same as the first one, but there's a new face available on it. Yeah, couldn't you just get the new face on the old watch? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's a face, right? And and uh, forgive me for uh, maybe getting a bit technical here, but isn't that called software? Mm, probably. That's mm. most of the time what it's called. No, no, uh, no. It had a space for the um, altitude. You don't get that on your bog standard Apple Watch, do you? No, or but do you? don't you have that on the first Ultra? Okay, let's move on. You I were saying. Know. See, I, I just used the big face. The uh, that, That's not <laughs> yes, the official title. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Bigface Scott, that's me. I use the one that makes the the numbers huge. And the only reason I do it is because then I can tap the phone anywhere, or the watch, I should say, anywhere, and get the time. You turn the screen Mm. curtain on. Why do you have the big face watch? No, because I can then press, because, you know, if you get one of those watch faces, which has got loads of different complications on it, Mm. then when you tap the watch, sometimes it will just tell you, I don't know, your running speed or, you know, the the, the nearby (laughs) airplanes above your head or something. You know, I don't want any of that. I just want the time. So you're telling me you want to use your Apple Watch to get the time? You know, you can just double tap the screen of the watch and it'll give you the time haptically. I don't yeah. like the haptic. Can I be honest? Who figure that out? I'm I sorry. Like I didn't it, no. study Morse code. I'm no. not counting vibrations. What do you think I am? Too much work. See, that's my favorite feature of the Apple Watch because I don't have to tell everyone when I'm checking the time. If it's if it's a long one, that means it's 10. If it's a short one, that means it's either one or five. You just got to know in the order. Okay, now I get the confusion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And you're sitting there going one, two, three, four. And by the time it started, you know, I've forgotten that I, I really had to start counting then. So by the time I'm yes. like, what time is it? And then it's going bump, bump. <laughs> Bump, bump, like, hang, what does bump bump mean? Is that the minute? Oh, the, the you need minutes? to speed those up then in your Apple Watch settings. Oh, yeah, of so course I do. Yeah, because more... I, I yeah. absolutely need that faster haptics. Yeah, yeah faster. Zapping the time into my arm. <laughs> uh, that's a feature, by the way, that I don't think you can toggle off. I don't think you can either. No. no. Well, can we, can we get someone on the case with that? Because it irritates me. Well, you can also double tap with the new watch. Well, I have to say uh, to Apple, uh, thank you for promoting our show as uh, widely as you did on the event. If you missed the event, go back and check it out uh, because uh, there is a a mention, uh, let's just say a few mentions of Double Tap, uh, which obviously is a fantastic podcast, but also, and show on AMI Audio, but also it is uh, a new feature coming to the Apple Watch. Now, this is interesting. This is only on the Apple Watch Ultra 2, it appears. New. New. Well, yeah. It's on the 9, okay. But but here's the thing. It's on the 9 too. Isn't this just assistive touch by another name? Because that's essentially what it is, right? So this is where you use a finger gesture or a hand gesture. You don't have to touch the watch. This is something where you take your index finger and your thumb, I believe, was what they were saying, and you double tap those two together. So you just do a little pinch, pinch motion, and that will answer a call. It will end a call. And, of course, this could have great implications for... um, voiceover users as well, but I, I thought that feature was already part of assistive touch. So is this just one of those accessibility features that has come out into the mainstream? Sounds like it. That That's how I interpreted it, is it's because this was announced, I want to say it was May of 22. Like it wasn't, it's not a new thing, I don't think, because it's been on the watches for a little while. Mm-hmm. And yes. 
um, you had to turn it on and I believe I could be wrong, but I think you had to have been using voiceover with it or it is its own accessibility feature, but now it works. The best way that I've explained to people now is, uh, it's think of the magic tap with voiceover, but you're using your thumb and index finger to activate it. Cause when you double tap those, then it will, uh, do the same thing that two finger double tapping would do, which is answer the phone, play pause media, uh, stop a timer. So there's a lot of functions you can apply to that and uh, so now everyone's going to walk around with their thumb and their index finger just double tapping them together all the time and all the dis- to me all the disabled people going yeah we, we had this a year or two ago right yeah. what are you talking about yeah. but that's the point right why was this such a a big point selling point in this keynote i i, I don't because there's much more than well not much more there's what four or five more gestures in the hands-free gestures section that you can do um so can't confuse the non-disabled people though. Can't confuse them with too many gestures. Well, I'm sorry. This should have been made a big point of way back when, when it was first introduced. Wasn't it Accessibility Awareness Day when they first announced all this stuff? That would have been the year before, yeah. That's because right. we yeah. tried, we tried all this stuff. I, I've used it. I mm. haven't gone back to it. It was oh, let me try this out, and I haven't gone back to it. But it is, I mean, pretty handy. Oh, uh, I, was reading, I was reading Colin Hughes, who, the white stick. Colin Hughes, who we know, who has muscular yes. dystrophy. He he has been lamenting about the assistive touch features on the Apple Watch, and I saw him tweeting yesterday. Just can we get some feature, for example, to activate Siri on the watch because he has real challenges with that mm. uh, because he's not able to raise the wrist up to do it. So he wants to be able to action Siri, you know, using some kind of hand gesture like their finger gesture like this. This is where you know the accessibility tools are good because, and this is. This is when I get a little bit more excited than most because I know there's a lot of disabled people who say, well, look, this has been here for a while. It's not new to us. But what it does do to me is it cements these features a bit. Once once the general public have it, it's less likely to go away. Not guaranteed, of course, but you know, it's, it's less likely. It means that these accessibility functions are being seen as less accessibility and more mainstream. Now, there's an argument out there about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, we're not going to have it right now. But, you know, there is a discussion to be had around this. You know, the question about what is, when is it an accessibility feature and when is it a mainstream feature? And should we even see the difference between them or is that difference important? I think there's a good discussion to be had in that. But anyway, Double Tap is now part of the Apple Watch. Uh, but as you say, Series 9, Ultra Watch 2, not entirely sure, although it doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be a reason why it couldn't be backwards compatible because if you've got assistive touch, You've mm-hmm. already got it to some degree. So, yeah. What's the actual... I know the pinch was in there, and I'm really racking my brain. Was the double pinch part of the um, hands-free gestures I th- originally? think so. So I, I remember so. clinch. I, I remember you had to clench your fist, and you would double clench your fist. I'm not sure if that's different than just oh, yeah, using your yeah. thumb and index finger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. So, yeah, new Ultra Watch 2, uh, which is interesting. Of course, yeah, you mentioned the Series 9. Uh, no major updates. I, I kind of love the phrase they used during the presentation that uh, the inside had been redesigned, meaning the outside's the same. Um, but, yeah, basically, I, I don't think there was any major difference outside at all. It was similar design. Uh, but they have, of course, improved processes. And, look, you can get all geeky about this, and we can talk about the faster processes. Can I be honest, guys? I think the Apple Watch Series 8, or even Series 7, are still very good watches. The Apple Watch SE is a fantastic watch as well. And, you know, the question I'm always asking, and the question I get asked most, is how does it perform with voiceover? Will the speed improvements 
improve our experience with voiceover. And personally, you guys chime in on this, but I think we're at a point where since Series 6 to Series 7, and certainly on to Series S or the SE Series, I don't think we need to even have that discussion anymore. They are fast enough to run voiceover. They are capable enough of doing what we need to do. You may notice a tiny difference in speed, but it's not going to be enough to be bothered about. Certainly not a reason to upgrade on its own, right? I hmm. would say if you're just looking at it from voiceover, I, not a reason to upgrade. Uh, I'm using an Apple Watch SE 22 because my six bit the dust a couple of weeks ago and uh, called everyone in my emergency list. And my wife came oh, running into fun. the bathroom to say, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just fine. What are you talking about? She's like, your watch just told me that something happened to you. I'm like, no, I'm okay. And then my son from Alaska calls me and the boys from upstairs. I'm like, ah, so my family does love me. So I switched over to the Apple Watch SE because we had a spare one laying around. I am really considering going to either the 9 or the Ultra, though, uh, for the fact that now Siri can process offline and that mm. is huge on the watch because right now that's a struggle when you lift your wrist and you start talking to siri you got to wait 25 30 seconds for it to actually come back with a response or do something and it's my hope now that siri can do a lot of its processing on the watch that you'll actually get more effective and fast responses now yes i agree in theory that sounds absolutely perfect but how many of your siri questions apart from time can be processed on device rather than going out to the internet. Most of the things I do for my watch with Siri is set a timer, uh, yes. ask for the time, or send a text message. So all of those could be done oh, from yes. the watch. Then you are absolutely fine. When it comes down to the processor speed, though, and how much of a performance hike we will see, um, it's a bit of a battle against itself, right? Because you're absolutely right, Stephen. If we're running the current, let's say, uh, Watch OS 9, let's say, um, Across the board, Series 7, 8, 9, even the Ultra, you wouldn't notice a difference in performance, I would say, at all. But then, you know, you get uh, the newer OS, you get 10, and there may be a feature in there that will um, challenge that processor a little bit more, and that's where you start to notice. But right now, yeah, I don't think there's a... Uh, there was no reason out there, there was no killer feature that said, okay, I need to up grade whatever watch I'm on now to the 9 or the Ultra 2 for that matter. I agree with Michael that the um, Ultra 2 I thought was a little bit disappointing, fell a little bit flat because there didn't seem to be a, oh, now I want that for that reason over the Ultra. Yeah, and in terms of pricing, uh, you know, starting prices, I'm just going to focus on starting pricing because, of course, you can go through different options <laughs> and, you know, you've got with the watch especially, you've got the Wi-Fi plus the cellular plans if you want that. But starting price for the watch series 9549, that's Canadian dollars, 549 Canadian. Uh, the Apple Watch Ultra 2 starting at 1099 uh, or pay monthly with financing. Spread Yay. over a year. Go on. <laughs> uh, so you've got that option. But they are still selling the SE from 329 Canadian. And I think that's important to remember as well. And, you know, if you are going into the store to look at watches, try the SE out. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a very capable, very powerful little watch. And I think for a lot of blind people, it, it, to me, it's the blind watch. It's the blind Apple watch uh, because it's really nice. Uh, now, other thing to say about the Apple Watch Series 9 as well as all the, the you know usual stuff you might expect to get. And like you guys are saying, there's not a huge amount of increase in terms of uh, new features. Um, 
But they do come in new colours. New colours. Oh, come on, we love a colour. The barrel. <laughs> and now, as soon as we start talking about colours, we know, okay, we're out. There's nothing left. I was trying to find a, a comprehensive list of colours. Midnight, which is that not just black? Silver, which is Stop. silver. Uh, pink. My wife, uh, her ears pricked up when she heard that because she, she got a new Apple Watch recently um, because it was starlight. She liked the starlight colour. What colour is that? I have no idea. I think it's a kind of a... I want to say like a rose gold almost. or Being colourblind, I have no idea. I'm not the guy to ask. How many different interpretations of starlight did we have? Blue, green, red, white, gold. It is definitely, I can guarantee this, it is definitely a colour. Well done. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) You've got three options then when it comes to the Apple Watch. SE from 329. Series 9 from 549, Ultra 2 from 1099. What do we think about the pricing of those? That's the same uh, as what they've been, isn't it? Yeah, in line, I would say. Yeah, no yeah. no change from the norm. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I I think it was pretty much just, uh, okay, it's, it's the next generation, but there was nothing particularly outstanding. Now, the only thing is, like with all of these devices, it's not until a little later on you think, Oh, actually, there, there's this technical detail that is quite cool that they didn't even talk about. So I don't know if there's going to be something in there which will, you know, wow us later on. I don't think so. But the Ultra Wideband 2 chip, which was talked about a lot, I'm assuming is in these as well. So that would be yep. quite cool. There are some possibilities where that could be quite handy for us. So, yeah, but yeah. And, and, just, yeah, and on that point, that. actually, that was a good feature because that was the one where you can locate your iPhone, for example. You can still ping your iPhone from your watch, but now it will give you almost that find my type experience to yes. literally go find your watch. It will give you haptic feedback and give you distance response and all of that. Uh, I had this um, when the Find My first came out and I was trying out this experience with the ultra wideband using the AirTags. I remember the first day I could not find the item. It was telling me I was pretty much standing at the item. And then it occurred to me, hmm, now this floor, this house has two levels. I wonder, I wonder, is it upstairs at this position? So I went upstairs and there it was. And I thought, ah, okay, that's interesting. It's not doing elevation. But what do you want? So for, uh, 10, something they mentioned about the U2 with the iPhones, and I'm interested if this will come with the watch, is the iPhones, you can find your friends now with the U2 as well. Mm. And Mm. so if you could do that from your watch, I think that could be pretty powerful for a wayfinder. Think of a couple of people in a convention. Instead of yelling, uh, Sean, are you over there? (laughs) All you have to do is just make sure that Sean is in your group of people, and then you can find him with your Ultra Wideband 2 chip. That actually sounds like a brilliant feature. <laughs> be all up for but that. To be clear, do we know if that is that that feature is available in the Apple Watch? Because it is in. The I don't iPhones. know if it's available in the watch. It's yeah. in the phones, but I don't know if it's in the watch. Because that, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, can we talk iPhones? Um, because I, I want to mention the new iPhones. Of course, the uh, new iPhone 15. Uh, this feels to me very much like an evolutionary upgrade. Um, one major difference. Between and I didn't know this. I didn't know the iPhone 14 did not have Dynamic Island. I was nope. shocked. I was I was shocked. I tell you, were you to your very core? To no my Dynamic core. Island. Someone think of the children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no. Where would you live? You just if there's no Dynamic Island. <laughs> From an accessibility point of view, because I have no experience of the Dynamic Island whatsoever. 
Is it useful? Is it just forgettable? Do you know, Mike? Stephen? Personally? I do not. I just have a 12. Pointless. Oh, okay. There you go. Stephen Scott says, pointless. Doesn't do much for me. I mean, yeah, okay, I know. The problem is it'll change and it'll do things as you go along, but of course the voiceover focus has to be on it, right? So, (laughs) you know, if you're not focused on it at all, and I've forgotten it's there more than I remember you probably don't get the benefit out of it. I mean, it's handy for things like timers, I suppose, but the problem is I just automatically go to Siri and say how how long's left of my timer, or I don't generally query the watch at the top of the screen like that. Because even if you do the four-finger single tap, you know, using voiceover, four-finger single tap near the top of the screen, it will go to the top item, but it might not necessarily go to the dynamic island. Yeah, where is it in the flow? Where is it in the layout? Yeah, it's 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 almost amongst the... The header, you know, you've got your cell, to, you know, information, Wi-Fi, information time. In the status bar almost. Yeah, yeah. Which mm. is which is fine okay. if you're up there, but of course, I don't know. I mean, it's just not somewhere, it's not somewhere I go if I'm on, I don't Meh. holiday in the uh, dynamic island, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, I like <laughs> okay. to stay in the rough city that is the rest of it. <laughs> the um, home screen. The home screen, yeah. <laughs> Certainly my home screen. Um, but yeah, new phones, uh, iPhone 15, that was really the major update i guess starting price now is coming in at uh, that's not the price the price coming in is <laughs> which it was uh, 1129 that is uh, canadian i was looking at uh, se pricing because the se is still there starting at 579 which is interesting but uh, it has no updates this year at all so if you still have an iphone se 2022 Same. i'm saying yeah, yeah. um then, yeah, that's nothing changes there. Uh, we usually don't see an SE upgrade till turn of the year, so I think you might find something early 24. And I really hope I really hope they take all the, the shells of the iPhone 13 minis that they've just discontinued and take those and turn them into SEs the because mini- I'd be the happiest yeah. human Are on the Are you saying planet. you wish the home button would go away, Stephen Scott? Stephen Scott says... <laughs> No to the home button. Everyone no to the home button. No, I did not say that. But you know, I know, I know they're probably going to get rid of it. There's talk of using, you know, iPhone 10 type devices. I don't think they'll do that. I think it'll either be uh, maybe the, the 13 mini design, which would be quite cool actually, uh, because the iPhone SE is quite a small screen. So was it 4.7 inch? I think on the felt like the it. SE? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tiny. It, it always reminds me of the 4S. That's what I go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of size. I am. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the look they, the mini is dead now. Uh, we can that's another discussion. Long with the mini, but the mini, the mini is dead. Uh, so they're going to have a lot of those bodies floating around. So uh, a think, beautiful image. I know. Thank you. As soon as I went there, I thought that doesn't sound good. But uh, I mean, it's perfect for the SE, right? And the home button's got to go. It's it's hung along too oh, too long. I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry, home buttoneers. But no, get rid. Thank you. Uh, there's something else that's gone, uh, by the way, just so you're aware. Uh, the lightning port is dead, guys. Lightning port is gone. That's Yay. it. Wow. Breaking you... news. Break... Hang on a second. If I can find <laughs> it, there it is. Breaking news. The uh, lightning cable connected to your phone, you may as well throw it in the trash. It is, well, not yet. Not if you still have an iPhone 14 Pro or below, because uh, you probably don't want to get rid of it right now. You might need it. But um, yeah, they are getting rid of it. Yeah, Apple everything TV else you've got. Yeah, yep. but they uh, they did release new AirPod twos with the USB C connector too, so you can upgrade your AirPod twos and uh, throw your Lightning cable away if that's all you have. Is the uh, new yes. iPhones and the AirPods? But did you see the caveat to that one? 
which I thought was quite no. interesting. So you uh, you buy yourself a new pair. So you've maybe got AirPods, right? We've, we've, I certainly do. I've got the AirPods Pro 2, right? Yep. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll just get a USB-C case. No, you got to buy the new AirPods. They don't do the case. Well, they don't sell the case like they did when no. it went wireless. Wow. Uh, no separate case. So that's not yet, harsh. anyway. Not yet, but... Certainly nothing at the moment. I saw Mark Gurman reporting that rather. Uh, he was rather gurney about it last night. Oh, um, well done. Thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, USB-C AirPods are live. They are coming on September 22nd, along with the iPhones and Apple Watches. But if you want the USB-C, you're going to have to pay the full price because there's no separate case-only option. Mm. Okay. I don't actually care about that because I feel the prices of the case on their own anyway is absolutely ridiculous. If I'm you know, going to pay a lot, I'd want the headphones as well. So there's that. Um, I, I thought it was so funny how they went to the USB-C announcement because I was, yeah, how are they going to handle this? Because you know, they've been forced to go down this road that they really didn't want to go down. So how are they going to possibly spin USB-C? <laughs> and the first thing they went to is, let's talk about wireless connections. I thought, ah, that's how <laughs> they're going to... <laughs> and then we'll we'll put USB-C at the back. Didn't you love the line, though, when they said, oh, we've been doing this for years. Lots of our yeah. devices have got USB-C. <laughs> yes. We're just yes. bringing it to the iPhone. Uh, uh, do you know, I have to say... your my, convenience. My hat gets tipped to these marketing guys, honestly, because I sit there and think, how are they going to do this? And then they come out with these lines and you think... Actually, this is kind of genius the way they do this. I mean, you know, it, you know, it's just utter garbage. But you, you, the clever way they put it across is brilliant. Uh, it's all in the so, presentation. Exactly. How have you yeah. got the brass neck to deliver that line with such sincerity? <laughs> well, the thing is that they're act, they're accurate. That's the thing. It's factually true. There has been a number of yeah, devices going back to yeah. what was it? The MacBook 12 inch. Um, was, was it that it? one? Yeah, the Mac, remember that old Mac, well, the one of the first very slim MacBooks. It wasn't the MacBook Air, but there was a, a twelve-inch oh, yeah, version that came right. out. Yeah, they, I think they said that was the first one that had USB-C in it. So there you go. But yeah, uh, lots of interesting stuff um, inside uh, these phones. Um, I will say though, just starting on the Lightning to USB-C. <sighs> Guys, I can tell you this. Breaking news! Breaking oh. news! There's a dongle. There's always a dongle. Oh, what? <laughs> there has to be a dongle when it comes to this stuff. Uh, yes, Apple selling a $29 USB-C to lightning adapter. Isn't it the other way around? Um, after iPhone changes the port, according to 9to5mac.com. Uh, yeah, a new, <laughs> brand new dongle. <laughs> Why? Long live the Ambios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, that's right. The stuff that you might want to connect up. I mean, I was thinking about my little Shure MV88 mic, which I love. Uh, and that will now be useless because it has a lightning port connected on it. It's a hard connection on the bottom, so you can't swap it. I mean, I, you can use an adapter, of course, but... I don't know how that's that'll gonna affect That's going to look usage. so nice. It's going to fit so flush to the bottom with a an inch-long dongle on the at the end of it. Yep. Yeah. So not ideal. Um, but yes, uh, one of the things, though, that I think is important to talk about here is the, uh, the actual port itself and what its capability is. And there's been a lot of talk about, especially in the rumour mill, about how these... Um, how these speeds will work. So will it be fast connection, like a USB-C, uh, will it be a USB 3, or will it be USB 2 speeds? Will they limit the speeds of data transfer on these devices? Well, we have the information now, and apparently the way it's going to work is 
that um, the USB-C port on the, let me get the detail here, is going to support um, USB-C 3, sorry, USB 3 speeds up to Mm -hmm. 10 gigabits on the Pro models, but it will be limited to lightning speeds on the 15 and the 15 plus, which is up to uh, 480 megabits a second. So 10 gigabits on the Pro series. Uh, So basically you're you're running a USB 2 on the uh, USB-C port on the 15s. On the Pros, you'll get USB 3 speeds up to 10 gigabits per second. And the rumor mill has already begun that on the 16, we'll get Thunderbolt, which is interesting. Also, a, a little add-on to this, if you want to get those speeds with the 15 Pro, you'll need to buy a separate one meter Thunderbolt 4 cable <laughs> for $69 or $129 for the 1.8 meter cable to support the faster speeds. So Now, I hear this. Someone else said this as well. That cannot be true. Is this proprietary cable again? This can't be limited to the cable. You can pick up any cable to support that speed, not just Apple's. I don't think it necessarily requires this cable. I think they're saying, Apple are saying, if you want the speed, you you would need to buy this cable. But of course, you could buy one from Anchor or Ugreen. You know, there'll be other options Yeah, but they're available now is the point. You need a cable that supports that data speed. When I got my when I got my studio display, <laughs> most ridiculous monitor for a blind person to buy. But okay, yes. um, there's a YouTube video waiting to happen. Buyer's but, remorse. <laughs> <laughs> great webcam, brilliant speakers, incredible microphones. Screens turned off. But uh, anyway, I did buy <laughs> to go with it the 1.8 meter cable at 129 dollars, which I didn't know until I was buying it. Because you do that thing, you just go, yeah, yeah, I'll just take the cable as well. And I'm thinking, why is the price going up so much? He said, oh, the um, the cable's $129. Wow. I'm sorry. I would have been straight back in that taxi, banging on the door. <laughs> I want a refund immediate. That is an outrageous price. Now, can you use that cable and get the 10 gigabyte speeds from the 15 Pro Max? I hope so. I know Stephen's going to get. <laughs> I'm not buying it again. I'll tell you that. Um, okay. This is interesting, though, right? Because as soon as they mentioned the speed when they were talking about the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max, I, then I, it was just obvious, okay, that means the ones before that must be slower. And what is the reason for that? Now, it could be that the processor, the A16 and the A17, maybe there's some difference between the Pro and the Pro Max that it can handle that higher speed. I'm assuming that's the technical um, route they'll be going down, or is it purely you know, hardware or software locked. It's a decision they've made to dif- differentiate. Oh, come on. It's a decision. Between... Of course, it's a decision they've made. Mm, yeah, I think so because that is a huge change in speed. There's a big difference there between ten gigabits, which is uh, one gigabyte a second. Basically, that that translates to mm. one gigabyte of data per second transfer speed compared to what did you say it was? Four hundred and eighty megabits. Yeah which is, what, 48 megabytes a second or something like that? That's uh, a huge difference. Time is upon us. We're going to take a break. Uh, Michael, you were going to stay with us for the first half. Are you okay to stick around? Because uh, I am okay to stick around. Okay, yes, let's sir. Stick around because we're going to get into more of this. I want to talk more about these uh, speeds as well and the capability of this new USB-C port, particularly on the Pro models of the new iPhones. This is Double Tap. Call 
the Double Toppers now. 1-877-803-4567. Or email us. Feedback at DoubleTapOnAir.com. Okay, welcome back. Uh, it's uh, Stephen, it's Sean, Michael Babcock is here as well. Michael Babcock, of course. Uh, now, he is the... Uh, right, enough of that. Um, he is the <laughs> host of... What is it you do again? Because uh, you seem to be on like 800 everything. different podcasts, right? Everything, everything. Yeah. So Unmute Presents is where you can find me every Tuesday, and then I do Technically Working on Mondays. Don't but most importantly, you can hear me on AMI-audio at 2.10 p.m. Eastern. Get the time right this time on Kelly and Rumya. <laughs> well, you know, if you're promoting it, you've got to get it right, right? That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it um, typically helps. We're talking about the new iPhones because, of course, Apple event happened and we're all very excited. Well, I am to some degree, I must admit. The 15 Pro, now I got the 14 Pro and that's a nice phone. Uh, and the 15 Pro sounds nice because of one particular, well, two features actually for me. One is USB-C and these USB-3 speeds that we're going to get. So it's really handy for data transfer. But there's also other things we can use this USB-C port for. And this is what I, I'm kind of more interested in. You know, I'll be able to hook up audio interfaces, external hard drives, um, you know, lots of different external kit that I'll be able to now connect to my device. And that actually, that is quite appealing because this takes the iPhone into almost the iPad category when it comes to productivity. What's, what's your thinking on this, Michael, um, from, a, from a pro point of view, I guess? I agree with you. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm really looking at this. For me, I do like the 6.1 inch form factor. The larger Pro Max is going to come in at 6.7. So if if I upgrade, and I still say if because I haven't actually pulled the trigger, which really means my wife's probably going to get a new phone. I'm going to get her hand-me-downs is usually how that goes. But (gasps) I'm going to push to get this 15 Pro because with the 15 Pro, uh, it'll give me that USB connectivity so I can do what I want with it with other uh, external devices. Uh, But it also has LiDAR, and I haven't even experienced LiDAR yet because I'm on a 12 right now. I think going from that 12, whatever the A processor in there is, to the A17 on the 15 Pro is going to be night and day for me. Yeah, yeah. How long do we have to wait before LiDAR starts to trickle down? LiDAR was mentioned on the 15 Pro and Pro Max. It was not mentioned on the 15 or 15 Plus. And so I did find online, confirmed that it doesn't appear to be there. Um, And honestly, that action button really has me intrigued on this uh, 15 Pro. Oh, yes. This is the first time... I want a pro device. <laughs> yeah, you said this last night. I was thinking, I, wow, absolutely. he wants a pro? Wow. Yes, and I'm definitely, there's one thing I'm not, it's a pro. But this time, <laughs> I want that pro purely because of that action button. That's yeah. it. Am I, and I'm willing to pay that extra, what, 200, 300, whatever it so here's, is. So here's what we know about the it. action button, right? So we know that it's a, a button rather than that switch, but it's also customizable. Now, we kind of thought that would be the case. But what I'm actually more excited about is the fact that you can customize it with a range of different actions. And then in settings, you can choose which action the button does. So you don't have it. To, it doesn't have to be fixed to one thing, which is actually even better. So you could have it as a camera app launcher, which will then it will turn into your shutter button. 
uh, once you've opened up the app, you could have it automatically start a voice note. I must admit, I did quite like that. Though. Oh, that's that actually quite cool. useful. Yeah. yeah, dictation device in my or a dictaphone in my pocket, yeah. which it already is, by the way. But you know, I've got to go into an app and press a button and a thing. And I just want to click a thing on the side. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there's that, and you know, obviously, you can do lots of other stuff with the do not disturb and you know, silent mode and all of that. You can basically just customize it to suit yourself. So. That is pretty cool. So yeah, I can totally see why why that would appeal to you. Um, on the, the, the yeah, the USB C is is definitely of interest to me. The weight is another factor. I've mentioned this before on the show that I've got this neurological condition that affects my hands, and it does mean that phones like the iPhone 14 Pro are just they're they're heavy. They're heavy for me. They're unwieldy for me. That's why I really like the 13 Mini. I just I get so annoyed because I want the power of the the Pro, but I need the 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 actual use case for me is is much better with a lighter phone. So these might be better because these are built with titanium. I have no idea what that means, but basically they say it's lighter. So let's look at the stats on this. So last year's iPhone 14 Pro weighed 206 grams, okay? The new iPhone 15 Pro will weigh 187 grams. They're saying that's about 9% less. We'll see what that means in reality. What even notice? Well, I'm thinking that. It doesn't sound like a lot, does it? <laughs> the larger 6.7-inch iPhone Pro Max is also significantly lighter, according to the article on 9to5Mac.com, uh, because of the switch to titanium. 14 Pro Max weighed 240 grams. The iPhone 15 Pro Max will weigh 221 grams. That's 8% less. So woo, woo, woo. we'll see. Okay. Sorry. Most of the weight in these larger phones are due to the screen and the battery. Surely. How much of the chassis actually makes up that weight? Can Unless we get one without out- a screen? Well, yeah, that'd be <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Just take the, the screen Apple away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If only. I don't and know. The 13- um, sorry, go on, Mike. Uh- I was just going to say, because I, I was curious, the 13 Mini is 140 grams, so this is still heavier, but it's it's kind of right in between those two mm. weight markers. That's interesting. I mean, a bit, being a little Mini. bit dismissive, I suppose any weight loss is going to be noticeable, but I mean, to make a deal of it of that extent, when we're talking 8 or 9%, I don't think that's a huge game changer. For me, it's all about the button. Look, the two takeaways for me were the button and USB-C. Um, there was so much talk about the camera as well, and you know, forty-eight megapixel camera on it now, uh, giving twenty-four megabit pixel uh, camera uh, pictures, I should say. Uh, and yeah, exactly. What do we always do when they start going on about the camera? Tune out. That's when I start eating my takeaway or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm just not interested. At because all. look, again, again, it's that thing of and the question we get when it comes to cameras is always, how will it be with Ida? How will it be with be my eyes? And, you know, or will it be better for OCR? Again, we are past that point. I think any iPhone today is more than capable. Any iPhone available to buy from Apple today is more than capable. Again, you can go back to the SE. And this brings us to the point. You you said something interesting about having the iPhone 12, Michael. And I'm thinking, yeah, this to me feels like the year that people like you on the 12 would want to upgrade. I don't think this this is not a 14 to 15 upgrade year. No. There's, there's no, no reason, I don't think, for anybody to do the upgrade from 14. I would argue from 13. Um, 
although some, I know some people would make that make the argument, but I'd say from 12, if you even you're on an SE and you're thinking, hey, maybe it's time and get away from using the home button because it is a dying thing. And so we're going to move on to using these uh, screen home screen gestures instead. And again, I'm talking here from a voiceover perspective, but, you know, certainly there's there's lots of benefits in jumping this year for sure in that well, regard. And- and what's interesting about that, especially coming from an SE, is if you go to this 15 Pro, and I just thought about this, you can map that action button to a shortcut. So there's your home button. It's just in a different location. That still yeah, takes true, you yeah. home if you wanted to put that together. Yeah. And but what is it? Assistive is it assistive touch on the is that the one on the Apple iPhone that gives you kind of like a home button on the screen, right? Because yes. you can actually create yeah. a home button. Yeah. If yeah. you wanted it. Uh, do you think that's what people will love the home button for? Just a quick way to go home or because of the fingerprint scanner? That's the problem, I, I guess, because a lot of people, I have never struggled with Face ID, but a lot of people struggle with Face ID. Yeah, I, I used so to struggle terrible with it, but not so much anymore. I don't know why that it's is. It's your big face. It helps. Well, I think the problem, that, <laughs> the problem was, it, and, and I know a lot of low vision people who do this, they, they have their phone so close to their, their face all the time. And then, of course, it requires face ID, but it does it so quick that they, they have to pull right back very quickly and then try and get up close to see if it did it. And then it's like, oh, it didn't work. And you're trying to play that game of pulling the That's phone true. away. Yes. That must be a nightmare for a lot of low-vision people. Well, look, there's the convenience factor, right? I mean, just when you're grabbing your phone, putting your thumb on that fingerprint scanner is easier. And you don't have to take the phone out of your pocket, for well, example, right, if you yeah. want to unlock. There's, so there are convenience factors to it. But um, yeah, actually going home, I never find an issue. But yeah, that action button with the, the shortcut support, I mean, just being able to press a button and activate a um, you know a smart device, for example, really mm-hmm. cool. I'm mean, coming home and I want the, the lights on my driveway, for example, that's my house, just press a button or, I don't know, uh, trigger an alarm so I know where my house is. All that stuff is really handy. It's funny, though. I'm, trigger I'm, an alarm? Yeah. Wait, wait your whole house to vibrate? Well, it's like when you park your car somewhere and you can't find it in the car park and everyone's, you know, chirp chirping with their key fob. It's the same thing you with my chirp, house. You just chirp your house. Yes, exactly. Where is my house? I've walked past my house so many times when I've not been concentrated and got lost. But um, I've actually go got a house alarm which has got one of these key fobs just like a car and if you hold down two of the buttons on it, it will set the alarm off. It's like a safety thing, right? So if you're in the house and you want to set the alarm off you can just push the buttons does it call I could someone do that. no no it doesn't no but, but that would be quite funny but no Sorry, i just, just love trying the idea to get home it's okay i just love the idea of walking down the street and just my house alarm blaring just so i can find the door that's actually not you a bad laugh. idea i, I, I know I, i'm really... actually thinking about it now <laughs> i've often thought about gluing an air tag to the bottom of my drive somewhere you know for mm, that yeah. reason it's it's actually quite quite handy but i yeah i really like that that the, the shortcuts are really cool the only thing I, I can't figure out maybe you can help me with this michael is if you trigger a shortcut to turn something off then when you press that action button again how would you trigger a different shortcut to toggle it off you could only ever so... turn something on or off what you do is you add to the beginning of the shortcut a check that says, if this is on, then turn it off. If this is off, then turn it on. And then you just trigger that shortcut. And depending on the state of whatever you're trying to turn on or off, it'll switch between those two. But is that conditional logic actually in Apple shortcuts? Or is that specific for HomeKit smart devices? Because I've, I don't think, like, you know, I'm in the Amazon ecosystem. I don't think you can actually get the status on most devices. 
That would be the problem is getting the status because the if else statement is there. If this happens, then do this. But yeah. getting the status of the the items itself might mean that it's time to get that Raspberry Pi out and start exploring with something like home automation okay. or home. Bridge. So so boring. Nerd alert. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we got to talk tech, right? No, on this show. Come on, you know how this works. Yeah, coming on here last Friday, you know, talking oh. tech, confusing oh, everybody. Sorry. People were expecting sandwich discussions and uh, what's the best chicken. Or talking about nothing at all we promised to talk about. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, For a whole show. Move, let's just move on from that one. Anyway, um, so I want to mention as well, um, Apple phasing out its uh, popular, in quotes, leather iPhone cases and Apple Watch bands. Instead, they're moving on to a new material called Fine Woven. Uh, this is about uh, the environment, and uh, yeah, saying it like that, it's, yeah, it's just what they're trying to save thing. the planet. Yeah, uh, I can tell you though, um, <clears throat> if you still hanker after leather, uh, Nomad is filling in the gaps for you. Uh, they've got leather iPhone 15 cases plus refreshed <laughs> sport and rugged covers. Nomad, by the way, Nomad Autobox Spidgen. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce I it. I love that name, but Spidgen. yeah, Those are the three companies I would tend to look at for cases. I know there's lots of options out there, but you know, when it comes to this of quality lasts for lasts a long time. Those brands are pretty good. Autobox is good. And it was interesting when I was talking earlier about the weight of these phones, you do have to factor in weight of the case as well, especially the Autobox ones, because these have got a bit of weight in them. When you take them off the phone, you do notice the difference. Um, I've got an SE, which has got the, the Autobox case on it, and it's added quite a bit of weight to that device. So, you but know, that's with the added thing to, protection, Stephen Scott. With added protection, yes. Uh, so anyway, um, yes, fine woven cases and bands. Um, I mean, it's not really a discussion point, is it? I mean, it's just more of a fact that they've changed over. Good for the planet, Michael. Are you a fan of the planet? I am <laughs> a fan of the planet, but I don't know if I'm a fan of spending 20 minutes because they didn't have enough announcements to talk about how much improvements they've had to make. Uh, they, they don't have enough improvements to make uh, to their products, and now they've got to talk about how much uh, they're saving the planet. People are interested. It's a whole movement. At People least they interested. did it entertainingly. That, yes. that skit was entertaining. It wasn't a boring slideshow. It was very entertaining. I liked the, the <laughs> shout out to, and what about Brando over there who had a leather jacket on? <laughs> that was so funny. Yes. i got to say as well, while we're talking about that, the audio description, top notch. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's, that's one of the greatest things about the event. You know, and it's a... It's an event that we can watch because we know the products are going to be accessible. So that's one thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it, people often ask me, why do you get so excited about the Apple events versus other events? And I think it's for two reasons. One is because we know every product that's coming out is accessible to us. So we can watch the event. We can hear about products. We can hear about all these announcements. And even though, for example, with a camera, we might not be able to use all of its functions or well, not so much use it, but enjoy all of its functions, we can use it. You know, so we can still take great pictures. I mean, I saw this thing, uh, spatial video that's going to be on the 15 Pro and Pro Max. I think it might be, maybe, I don't know if it's exclusive to one or the other, but um, spatial video is going to be the new thing. So they use two cameras in the back. It allows you to take a 3D video, and then you'll be able to watch those videos in your Vision Pro when it comes out. That's the purpose of it. 
It's like wow. Star Trek. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, hollow deck. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, also, just some other things to pick up on. Uh, so of course, yes, we mentioned the uh, AirPods. Of course, uh, I also mentioned the discontinuation of the iPhone Mini. Also, Apple discontinues the MagSafe battery pack. Oh, dear. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's gone as well um, because it's got lightning on it, right? And uh, MagSafe Duo Charger as well, which... Uh, Is it? Yep, it's got, it's got lightning port on there as well. What, to charge the battery pack? Yeah. Uh, to yep. ch- yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, I see. I'm with and, if, uh, and the MagSafe Duo is interesting because it's a lightning port connection but it goes to USB-C, which is kind of funny, right? <laughs> but they've discontinued it, so they just obviously want rid of all uh, of that. So no doubt new ones will come uh, in the next few weeks and months, no doubt at all. Also, a new introduction of a new 6-terabyte and 12-terabyte iCloud storage tier for all your data, uh, priced at $30 and $60 a month. So if you need more space. <laughs> but you can share it with your family. Yeah, well, that's true. You can share it with your family who will eat it up. My, my dad yes. is a very keen photographer and he loves shooting in like raw format. And I'm always saying to him, Dad, you know, my iCloud account, it's getting a bit getting a bit full. Could you, could you remove some of those onto somewhere else, like a removable you drive? Tell your dad off. You're a terrible person, Stephen Scott. Says Can me with about say- 28 terabytes in Dropbox. <laughs> I deleted... Every single last photo on my devices last week. Wow. How long did that take? From, actually, it was easy because iCloud synced to my computer. So I just opened the folder, uh, select all, uh, delete. Very good. Uh, and, and that's the reason I deleted them all. I've been wanting to delete them all for a while. Uh, we're talking years and years of photos that I've never looked back on once because why would I? I can't see them anymore. <laughs> Why why, why do we keep them? Sentimental? I know they're there, but does that give me anything? That's my memory. So I deleted you them You deleted all. it. Yeah, get that's rid. my memory. All gone. Gone. Yeah, but Half I my photos are my... just screenshots. Yeah, I know, yes, I know. <laughs> exactly, of my lock screen. Oh, I know what time that yes. was taken. <laughs> do you keep your pictures, Michael? Is that something you bother with? I... I have pictures. I don't bother with deleting them. So I guess, yes, I do keep them, but I never go back and look at them because they don't do me any good. Apparently, uh, I saw someone mention this on Mastodon the other day. If you add a caption or, or I guess, a description to your image in your photo library uh, on iCloud, uh, when you upload that picture to Mastodon, it takes that as alt text. So you don't have to put it in again. I think that's a great little feature. That's clever. Yeah, it is. It is. But you have it's to add the description to the phone. No, Adding descriptions that. to anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you need to know what's in it first, right? That's the other problem. So for those people who are not buying a new phone, um, you will be pleased to hear iOS 17 is available September 18th. So not long to go. Uh, iPadOS as well. And that will be available, this is important to know, on all phones down to 11 XS XR and the SE second gen or later. So, you know, you're getting a lot of older phones there are getting the iOS 17 update, which is pretty cool. Nice. macOS Sonoma, like that, Sonoma, will be released to all users on September 26. And uh, tvOS 17 and HomePod software 17 will be officially released on 18th of September as well. So lots of new software updates coming your way. Um... We've all been playing with the betas. Is it is it time to say what we think of the updates so far, or should we wait a week? 
Well, let, let's just put the blanket uh, statement out there that just wait a couple of weeks, even after official release, until you upgrade your phone. Until you see if there's any killer features out there that, that aren't working. Uh, I updated last night the latest RC and uh, the release candidate, and it seems fine. But, you know, that's my limited experience. Just, just felt a little bit swifter in some ways. I don't know. Maybe it did. It's... It seemed fine. Siri seemed a little bit more well-behaved and didn't interrupt itself uh, constantly <laughs> mm. with voiceover thinking, you know, it's thinking voiceover is saying something to it. Um, but the yeah, only I thing, that. look, it's like, I sorry, you said it. what? It's like, yeah, exactly. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I can't speak because it's talking. I tell you, I don't know what's going on. I, I know, you know that uh, everyone always says that Apple will often bring in a feature and then that's a feature that's been on Android for years. Here's one feature I don't want: voiceover yeah. talking over Siri, because you know that's been a talkback issue for a long time. And funnily enough, I saw someone tweet there just yesterday. Uh, I saw someone tweet that they've now noticed an update to Android where it's now no longer talkback is no longer talking over Google Assistant. So they're saying, "Please, I hope this sticks." Oh, that is so cool because that is so annoying on it Android. Is. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. Oh, that's nice. Um, the only thing I would say about updating to iOS 17, I haven't checked out, because I don't use it, the Braille issues, if there are any in there. I have no experience of what the Braille display functionality, capabilities, or limitations are going to be. But as ever, check out AppleViz.com. They always have an extensive list. They've got it running right box. now, so you can go check that AppleViz document out or the, the web page out, and it will have all, like you say, it has all the details of the bugs present, known, and obviously reporting them through Apple Viz and through Apple as well is always a good way of you know getting them checked and Apple will, will tell us that they're working on it and that's all good. Um, but yeah, on the Braille front, <laughs> so a friend of mine yesterday, I was at Braille class yesterday. I uh, didn't get a chance to talk about this, but yeah, I remember I was starting my Braille class. Um, so at school. And I got my homework, by the way. I, I think I'm going to fail. I think the dog's going to have eaten this particular <laughs> bunch of homework, if I'm honest. Um, because, yeah, this was this was an absolute nightmare. Advanced Braille. I walked in, I sat down, I was given the book, and they're like, okay, let's read through this. So obviously I'm learning these new symbols. I'm learning all these new um, short, what do you say, contractions. Contractions. And I'm learning all these. And um, the, there was clearly a class prior to this that I didn't attend because mm. I was totally lost. I'm like, Uh-oh. what's that mean? What? Did... And the whole thing, everything I was reading was in contraction. And I'm thinking, I don't know half of this. You know, I was thinking, what is that? Oh, that's ER. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, okay. That's EA. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's emergency so, room. That stands for. That's exactly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm completely confused and uh, the dog will be eating my homework next week but um, I understand anyway, you actually got told off already and I got told off for laughing in well class well done yeah, you and, and being this class clown yeah I got shouted at um, it, it seems that uh, it seems that the Braille class also has one of these so uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I make it next week and I don't get expelled um, then I'll be back at Braille class but anyway while I was there we were chatting about Braille on iOS and um, yeah, the general con- the general consensus was it's not great at the moment. There's a lot of bugs and issues, and it's putting people off, especially using certain devices. So we shall see when it comes to the final release. But as mm-hmm. Sean says, and I think it's an important point to echo, if you are comfortable with your phone working as is, you probably want to hold off. There's a couple of other things to consider as well. Every app also has to make sure it's updated to be compatible. And for a lot of people who might 
download an app and use it, maybe it doesn't function quite like they would expect, it's not a problem. But if you're a voiceover user, we have that additional layer of complication on there as well. If you're a Braille user, that's an additional layer on top of that as well. So when you add all these extra layers on, it can lead to problems. And if an app doesn't work that you need, that's going to be a problem for you. So definitely, if you have no real need to do the upgrade, you might want to hold off for, say, a month. Allow them to get their bugs sorted out. Keep an eye on the Apple Viz site. But for most people, most of the people who are listening to this show, I would say you probably want to hold off. Uh, obviously, if you're buying a new iPhone, you're going to get the update. But then if you do end up in that situation and you think, oh, hang on, now I've got the update, what do I do? Just make sure you've, you've got your automatic updates set so that you can ensure that you are getting the latest updates when they come through so those bug fixes are being rectified as you go along. And of course, keep listening to us. We'll keep you up to date with all of it. And Apple Viz is a great resource. Um, we are way over time. Um, we are going to get in so much trouble. Um, Michael's fault. Yeah, blame Michael. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thank you so much. Unmute Presents, Technically Working, those are all your podcasts. Where do we get them? Uh, just searching your favorite podcast app. Which podcast app do you use, Stephen? We'll have to come back and talk about that. At Downcast at the moment, although everyone tells me to use Overcast, but uh, I actually quite like Downcast. Apple Podcast does it all. Thank you. Yeah, if you like things to be complicated. Uh, Let's be back tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.